The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Uh, Our Heavenly Father, I want to just thank you that we can come to you as Father. Uh, Because you could have made it so that we we come to you as judge, or we come to you as uh, slaves. We come to you as uh, unworthy, Uh, which of course we are on our own, but you've made us uh, uh, not just worthy, but you've made us your children. And so uh, I just want to thank you for that, that we come to you as Father. We come to you as Father in the name of Jesus, your Son, and it's in His name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. Well, we are uh, talking about the Nicene Creed. Last week, we took a uh, tour around the uh, ancient Mediterranean, and, um, and we said all sorts of uh, imperial names that, that we couldn't pronounce um, very well. <laughs> Constantinus Chlorus, Diocletian Maximinius Maximinius Dia, something like that. So lots of guys that came, uh, that got used uh, in the gathering of of history, uh, and uh, which which culminated in uh, the Council of Nicaea, which produced the first draft, as it were, of what we now call the Nicene Creed. It was, um, uh, it, it was um, edited and uh, perfected and um, added to as other controversies uh, came up in the church uh, and finally, uh, finally uh, ratified at the Council of Chalcedon, 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 um, in the late 400s, 480, I think. Uh, you should have sheets on uh, on your uh, table to, to sign in, so we know that you have been here. Uh, Josh, would you mind collecting those uh, at the end? Um, I don't know how she did it, but uh, Elaine, uh, Elaine, even though Elaine's not here, she's she's sick, and um, but even I, she could teach, but I could not do what Elaine does. So. so She's not here, and she's still got she the sheets to you. She delegated. she delegated that to you. She is. Uh, I'm actually looking at her right here. Hello, dear. Um, she's. Uh, so we're praying, praying for you and, and your quick recovery. Um, I need it. I need you to recover quickly. Um, all right. So uh, yeah. Um, so let's just say we finished last week as we as we talked about the history. I, I said, tell me. I mean, well, tell each other. Talk in your table groups. What do you mean when you say I believe? And I left you with that question, and I left to go um, prepare the precious families for uh, for baptism. If you joined us, man, they, that was that was something. Um, and uh, but let me ask you: so what what did you say? What did you come up with for those of you who are here? What do you mean when you say "I believe"? Did y'all just end up talking about the Jaguars or what? Like, that's, that was a short conversation. Yes? Your belief shapes what you do. Say more about that. Well, in, in, uh, in understanding that, that, that the Word of God is, is, is truth, it's a diagram for me to be able to walk closer with the Lord. Okay. And to, to feel secure in, in his heavenly calling. Yeah, very good. Very good. You're secure in your calling as uh, he provides, your faith provides the diagram for your life. I love that. Yes. Uh, 
Melinda. Last week we discussed with our group that, you know, we all believe in the Holy Trinity and that Jesus left us the Holy Spirit to be his person here on earth and opening up to pray to him. And we did a class last year on Jesus Calling, and um, we had a wide variety of people, you know, were kind of nervous about the Holy Spirit and didn't quite understand it. But it was really a good class, and I think it opened up a lot of eyes that we do have somebody here that you can, you know, you pray through all three of them and not feel that you're Yeah. Yeah, so belief uh, sort of gives us access, right, to, to the Holy Trinity, um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and um, that's good. What else? Yeah. I accept. You accept. I accept the Word of God as being 100% true. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I believe the Word of God means I accept the Word of God. Love that. Love that. Personal uh, Ellen. Something and you believe it because it was a fact or something. You read on the news. Believe to me, it encompasses your heart and every bit of you. Okay. Because um, yeah, that's what Jesus tells us to do. All right. So those those are really that's good. Yeah. So that should, Ellen says not just assent, not just I, I believe in a fact or believe the existence yeah. of something, but I I am I'm committed, right? Uh, committed. Uh, yeah. My family says. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's a lot of things, but she's she's serious. Uh, yeah. Uh, last one, Dorsey. You cannot convince me otherwise. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't don't show me the facts. Uh, don't confuse me with the facts. I, I um, no, I'm kidding. That's yeah. Um, all right. So, Alistair McGrath, who's this? Um, he's written I don't know, two or three, like hundred books, and um, uh, he's a, a uh, he, he's a I guess he's still going. My, I had a professor who said that Alice McGrath really, he was, he, was, he was just, there was a man who posed as Alice McGrath, and there was, a, there was like 400 theologians behind him writing furiously. Um, it was, uh, he's written a bunch of things. He wrote on the Apostles' Creed, but he addressed this. Um, call, and he said there's four sort of levels of, uh, of belief. He said there, first is assent. That is to, to acknowledge simply that something is true. That's, so you were... Ellen is sort of getting at that, that my belief is more than just that, but it's not less than that, right? We acknowledge, we believe that it is true. I am of the opinion that God exists or that a God exists, just as I am of the opinion that fairies exist. Like that is, I believe it means I think it is true. I'm, that is my opinion. And that's what a lot of people mean. And, and, and really the end of what they mean when they say, I believe in God. I remember very distinctly a man in my first parish said, Nobody believes it more than I do. And I was like, really? I mean, I just, I was so, I, I, I mean, I actually said it out loud. And, um, and he was just kind of taken aback. But I'm just like, I mean, I, your, your life. He's like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't really show up my lifestyle, but I, but I believe it. Like, and, and I was like, you believe it's true. And that was, that was as far as, as it went. Um, now, Christian belief must include assent. Like, you got you to gotta believe God exists, right? In order to believe the rest, but you so it's not less, it, but it is certainly more. You can't in there. Number so first is assent. Number two is trust. That is to say, I believe in something. Like like a rock climber might say, I believe in the rope that I'm that I'm hanging from. Like I'm I'm a thousand feet up, but I know I'm secure because I believe in this rope, right? Um, and uh, I'd be in real trouble if this rope broke, but I I don't believe it's going to. I believe it, you know, so there's a, there's a sense in which there's a security because I believe in it. I trust it. Uh, we are secured 
to the object of our faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1. So that's a, like a memory verse for, for a lot of us, and if it's not for you, then maybe it should be. Uh, now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I, I believe in it. I, I don't see God like I see you, but I see the evidence of God all around. I believe in it. I trust that he is there. I trust that he is active in my life. I believe in it. So assent and trust. Number three, commitment, right? This is sort of beyond like, man, I really believe in our quarterback. I mean, like I, which means I really hope he's going to turn out to be what we thought he was going to be, right? Uh, you know, it's more than, it's more than well, you know, God's my guy, and I'm sticking with him, uh, even if other people have their doubts. It's, I mean, that's there's something to that. That's that's good, but to believe in the sense of commitment is to commit oneself to heart, mind, soul, and strength. I belong to God. I I am His. I'm called by His name. I'm I'm committed. Uh, Galatians two twenty. Another good memory verse. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In other words, what Jesus has done for me is, has, has bought me and I belong to him. And, my, and that is the diagram for my life. That is, that is the framework by which I approach my whole life. So, um, so that's the first ascent, and then there's trust, and there's commitment, and then there's obedience, belief in, in as obedience, which is uh, James 1.22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. My deacon is giving me the thumbs up. That is sort of the diaconal role is to uh, provide both stick and carrot for the, uh, for the church to say, um, we are not just to be doers. We're not, uh, we're not just to be hearers of the word, consumers of good preaching or theology or whatever, but we are to be doers. We are to do what it says. So belief in uh, God is to obey. That comes with belonging, right? It's, but it's sort of the next articulation. We trust even to the point of forming our lives around his commands, even the commands we don't like. Especially the I mean, perhaps especially the commands we don't like. That, that is where, man, that's hard. That is, that is where, like, okay, do I really believe it? And I'm going to share this story that maybe you can relate to, and I hope that you don't. Uh, it it, it kind of, I mean, it kind of makes me look good, but I, I, don't, um, I, I don't want you to th- think of it like that. But I remember when I was, um, when I was, uh, when I was at the Advent Cathedral in Birmingham, my uh, my colleague, who, has, who was younger than me and had been ordained less time than me and had been at the cathedral as an assistant uh, long, uh, less time than me, uh, was, was named the dean. And I was, I, I wasn't real happy about it, honestly. I mean, I, I actually didn't want the job until he got it. Um, but, um, and, and somebody, a, a really um, wise and kind and, and dear friend who was on staff there came and just sat with me. And I said to him, I said, I don't get to pray to God for months that God would choose the right candidate uh, for the dean. And then when the candidate is chosen, that I don't like him and say, well, stamp my foot and say, that's not what I meant. 
And I just remember it was so it was so it was so kind to me. He said, "You're a real Christian." And um, and I don't know if that's true. I mean, I sure hope I am, but um, I think I am. But and I'm hopefully not defined by that one thing. But that to him that was that was evidence that because I was trying to be obedient in the midst of something I didn't like. And and I I just that's the it's not on my paper, so it just came to me, and maybe I shouldn't use it. But I just um, I just asked you know you to consider like. Are there things that I have resisted? I believe it, but I don't want to go there because I don't like it. And when we say we believe in God, we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in the Holy Spirit, are we going to go there? Or are we going to hold, keep it at arm's length? Yes, Ellen. Just real quick, that reminds me, we talked about belief. In James, it said even the demons believe and they shudder. Yeah, that's the ascent, right? Even the demon, James says, even the demon, you say you believe in God, even the demons believe. They know. So yeah. Like, they right. Believe, but they shudder. We believe and we're saved. Yeah, what's the difference? Don't they don't obey. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. They know he's powerful. Uh, you know, they really believe it. Nobody believes it more than they do, right? But I should have said that to that guy, but I did not. All right. So the, uh, the original Greek um, uh, uh, of the original creed said, we believe. And the original Latin and the earliest Latin translation of the original Greek was I credo, right? I believe. And, um, and there's really a goodness to both. We believe this, and I believe this. When I say I believe, and we, that's what we do in, in right one, um, actually I've learned some things that might challenge and we might switch to we because we have that option in the prayer book. Um, but, but when I say I believe, I'm asserting my orthodoxy, right? I'm asserting my sympathy with the faith confessed by the creed. I believe this. And there is a goodness to that. There is also a goodness when we say we believe. We're standing shoulder to shoulder, and we declare that this is the faith of the church that we belong to. And not just this parish, right? The, the church Catholic, one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Uh, this is the, the church of God, the body of Christ, and we believe this. Faith uh, comes, uh, faith is the uh, access door. Uh, into fellowship with God, and so we we believe it. Both are important. I believe, we believe. Yes. One of the issues with saying is we believe does not necessarily suggest that the individual is taking the position that they do believe. It is more that they are accepting of the sort of commun- commutational, um, general approach that okay, I'm here. I understand. We do believe by articulating the point that you, as an individual, I believe. You have made the statement that you have accepted on your own to do that. So from, a, I mean, I, I didn't realize that you could say a difference yes. or whatever. I think that's really interesting. Um, looking at it from the Latin perspective, I can see why they would have said "I believe" versus the Greek "we." Yeah. But I think I think that that personal assertion is a stronger position than saying, "Yeah, I, I accept it." Like I understand. Yeah, we. You know, I, I can go to this church and I can say that we're transubstantiation or not, and I'm okay with it, and I'm here. Because when you say "I," it's like, "Yeah, damn it, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm here." You have just articulated uh, my entire position coming out of seminary. Um, and so what, what Carol said, if you couldn't hear, is that uh, when you, we say we believe, that may not really, that kind of lets me off the hook. Uh, that was actually the way it was explained to me, uh, which is why I like to say I believe in the, in the right one service where it's allowable. Because, um, because it kind of says we believe this, but I may not believe all of it. 
but but at least this is our faith, and I'm part of this body, but I'm sort of off the hook. And isn't that cool that we're sort of diverse and and it kind of and, and there's an assertiveness that comes with the uh, to to my own. I'm on the hook for all of it. I believe this, and that's why I'm saying there's a goodness of both. And yet, what I'm trying to also say is that against the Arian heresies where this was first formed, we the Church Universal believe this. That's that's why they yeah that's why they said that. And so there's a goodness to saying we believe it uh, as well. Uh, right one, Book of Common Prayer, and right two. Right one has I as an option. You can say it with me if you um, if you know it. Um, I sometimes actually, when I'm reciting the Nicene Creed by memory, I sometimes drift into the Apostles' Creed, uh, which is weird because I have said the Nicene Creed probably 400 uh, more times in my life. Uh, uh, to a multiple multiplier of 400 times more than the Apostles' Creed. The number of times I've been in a Eucharistic service versus a morning prayer service. Um, many times the Apostles' Creed, but many, many, many more times the Nicene Creed. And yet I, I still get them confused. Um, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. So again, more than just I believe that this God exists, I trust in this God that I am professing. I am committed to Him in a self-giving sense. I seek to submit myself to His will. That's what I mean. That's what the creed means when it says, we believe or I believe. Right Now, what is it that we are saying that we believe about this God that we trust in? Uh, he, and I want to just... In case that's a bugaboo for anybody, I want to just articulate that I know that God defies human gender, uh, but, but that he, pre- he presents himself as Father uh, in Scripture, and, and that's why I continue to go with that. I don't mean to make a statement or one way or the other. I do not think God is male. I think that's important. Uh, women are created in his image as well. Um, he, but I'm going to call him he. He is one. He is, we believe in one God. He is one. He is the one God. There is no other God. And right away, in the fourth word of the creed, we are controversial and offensive to the culture around us. Because, I mean, what do you mean, your God? You know, uh, I, I, what about other people's gods? Uh, is, uh, what, what about the religions that say there are multiple gods? Uh, what about the religions or the philosophies that say there's no gods? Uh, how can you say uh, there's, there's just one? And we're saying that's because he said that. We are saying that we ascribe to the one true God. There is only one God. There are no other gods. The, there, in any, that's, I mean, I'm reading through Isaiah right now. It is un, unbelievable how many times Isaiah um, just exhorts or accuses the people of worshiping false gods. Uh, made of stone, made of wood. It just makes fun of the people. Uh, for, like, you burned up half of this log for to keep you warm, and you're worshiping the other half of it. Um, and now, in our, in our world, in our culture, we don't uh, worship uh, wood, typically. I mean, maybe, sometimes, but very rarely, I would say. But we do worship things like money. Uh, what was that? Burning man. Okay, burning man. Okay, so there are there are uh, that is a sort of spiritual uh, thing. Have you ever been? 
Okay, good. Well, that's good. So you're not. So that's not your issue, then, right? That's not your issue. Um, anybody here been to Birmingham? No, just kidding. Um, t- talk to me afterwards. Um, and and uh, but the um, but so that's that's not your issue. But I promise you, you have others, um, and so do all of us. Uh, things that we worship. Uh, it might be the affirmation of others. It might be materialistic things. I'm totally good with God as long as I have these things. Um, I can be happy with God if my uh, family is this certain way or uh, if my uh, bank account is this thing or whatever it is, like we worship other things. And, and so we are declaring, and this is actually, in, in one sense, it's good that this is so close to our, our repentance, our, our um, confession of sin, because there are, it, 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 right in the fourth word, we are, uh, we're messing with our lives and the way as they are actually lived. Anything to say? Yes. Yes. Um, I'll say this, and I'll say it to myself as I journey through uh, uh, through my journey. Uh, there's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. There's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. Yes. Yes, well, uh, I know about George Washington, too, but I didn't know him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we can know all about Jesus. We can know about God the Father. We can know about Him. But this is actually uh, inviting us to know Him per- on a personal level. We're going to get there in just a minute. You're, 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 you're kind of jumping ahead. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, we're, we're spoiler alert. Uh, you can know God. We are, um, so He is one. He's the only one. Uh, and, we're gonna, and, and that gets teased out. Uh, further, as we get into this uh, first article of the of the creed, I believe in I believe in God the Father. Uh, so we believe He is one. We believe He is the Father. He's our Father, and this is an important point. He is uh, He is the Father in relation to the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so uh, Jesus taught us to pray, "Our Father." But we do so because He is our Father if we are in Christ. He, this, this is not a, what I'm about to say is not a particular PC or, or popular, but I think it is biblically uh, not just defensible, but uh, mandated. Uh, John chapter 1. He, meaning Jesus, the Word, He was in the world and the world was made through Him and yet the world did not recognize Him. He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. But, to all who did receive Him, to those who believe in His name, that's faith, He gave them the right to become children of God. In other words, it is through faith in Christ and receiving Christ that we become children of God. Which is, I think, clearly to say we were not children of God. This does not mean that God doesn't love everyone or that everyone isn't made in His image. But when we say, oh, we're all God's children... I know what you mean, and there's a goodness typically with that, but it is not biblically precise. Um, uh, we, uh, we, he becomes our Father in Christ because He is Father in relationship to the Son, which is um, actually why I resist um, adaptations when we talk about um, the Holy Trinity as uh, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, because the the um, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in relationship to one another, and in relationship to the Son, He is not Creator because the Son is not created. And so I, I, I don't 
like it. I understand what it means. He is certainly the creator. Um, and Jesus is certainly the redeemer. But I, that's why, I, for me, I resist, I resist that. Uh, membership in the family comes through Jesus Christ. God is our Father because we are in Christ. God is the Father in relationship uh, to the Son. Um, and indeed, yet as we are in Christ, He is our Father. There, it, there is such a goodness about that. He's our Father. He is in heaven. Hallowed be His name. Uh, he, we pray that His will would be done on earth as it is in, in heaven. I mean, we are... Um, we have incredible access to him because he is our father. A few years ago, uh, in the Obama administration, who could wake him up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m.? If it was a presidential aide, there better be warheads on the way, right? I mean, it, it is, uh, there better be a national emergency or they're going to get in trouble. But Sasha... And Malia could walk into the bedroom of the President of the United States and ask for a glass of water at 3 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because he's their father. Okay? So a father, had a, a, a child has full access. And I've, I've heard so many times, so many times people say, well, I don't, want to, I don't like to pray for myself. I know God's got bigger things to worry about. No, he doesn't. You're his child. And to say that he doesn't want to pay attention to the things in your life is to say that he's not a good father. And of course we would never say that. But, but I, that's just not thinking through the implication of a statement like that. He wants to know, and he actually does know, but he wants you to give to him the details of your life. Lord, I'm really struggling with, I don't know, Wordle or something. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Don't pray for your sports team. But I just, uh, let, me, let me turn to uh, Matthew chapter 7, which is, of course, part of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, ask, this is beginning with verse 7 in chapter 7 of Matthew. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good things? Give good things to those who ask him. He delights to give you good things. Now, that does not mean your life's going to be easy. You might also get hard things. And probably you will. Sometimes I think the Christians get harder things because it test, <coughs> tests our faith. But I don't mean to diminish the hardships, sometimes extreme hardships of those who don't know God. But we are in Christ and therefore we are His children and we have full access. And so you can bring it all to Him. He delights. He delights in it. So he is one, he is the Father, he is the Father Almighty. Now, it's interesting that there are other words that could have been used here, right? Omniscient, omnipotent, eternal, holy, all sorts of words we could use to describe God. Why Almighty? 
Well, okay, he is, but he's all those, he's those other things too. Yes. <coughs> what, what is it? What, what does Almighty sort of get at or encompass? He's all-inclusive. It's all-inclusive. Yeah, he's all, it could almost be two L's, right? A-L-L. He's almighty, right? Yes, he's over it all. He's over it all. So he's almighty, and I think in a sense can, in, encompasses holiness, omnipotence, omniscience, eternity. But think of particularly the culture into which these, uh, these bishops were writing this creed, this Nicene uh, creed. Uh, they were writing into a pantheistic culture. They were writing for the church against the Arian heresy also, but in this pantheistic culture uh, where there are uh, many Roman gods or Greek gods over all sorts of things, gods of the elements, the sun and the the sea and, and the, the wind and the rain, uh, gods of fertility, gods of music, gods of wisdom and war and agriculture and architecture and pleasure and pain, all sorts of different gods for these little things. And it thinks, puts a finer point uh, that he is one because he is, in fact, one God over all of these things. Uh, he is the one God in the, in the culture that says there's many gods. And he is over all of it, all the sea and the wind and the rain and the skies and the, the life and the wars and the, the, uh, the factions and the agriculture. And he's over all of it. Um, not one of those things is dropped in his sovereignty. Uh, he is um, in control of all of it. I mean, I think we could look at the last chapter of Job, not the last chapters of Job, where Job uh, finally hears from God and he God just gives like three chapters of a litany of like, like, who do you think you are? And I am the God Almighty. I'm the one that like, you know, can takes Leviathan and swings him around my head. And, you know, like just uh, all sorts, just um, all sorts of descriptions of the power of, of God in the, in the last chapters of Job. Uh, he is one, he is Father, but he is Father Almighty. So there's this like intimate close connection to our Father whose lap we can climb up in, and He is Father Almighty, who's uh, all-powerful. And like nobody's talking about Zeus as a, as a... I mean, maybe He's the supreme God, but you're not crawling up into His lap, right? And so there's this, there's this severe distinction between the God who is the Father of Jesus Christ and the God who is, in fact, our Father. Uh, no, did I say that wrong? The God who is the Father of Jesus Christ and our Father and the God who, the gods who were known to the Greek culture. That's what I meant to say. That makes sense? Did I confuse that? Catch me? All right. So he is, we believe in, committed ourselves to, trust in. One, God, Father, Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. So now we land where? In the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God was already there. Because God has no beginning. Somebody's, you know, the, the classic kid's question, well, if God created everything, who created God? Nobody. God wasn't created. He created everything out of nothing. 
he spoke into being everything that is out of nothing. Um, someone, would someone please describe nothing to me? Yeah. Those are all things, though. Avoid. The minute you say it, that's, you don't that's avoid. A thing. <laughs> <laughs> avoid is a thing. <laughs> but uh, even saying it. Even saying it. Saying it, you have it. When I, it's funny because when I was a little kid, seriously, I was driven to school, and I would love saying to myself, vacuum. I don't know why, because the minute you said it, it didn't exist. <laughs> I thought it was such a, a, a hilarious thing. By saying vacuum, it didn't exist. I bet you were a lot of fun to play with uh, <laughs> as a kid. Um, the, um, she still is. She still is. Um, the, uh, yeah, so that's right. I mean, like, you can't even think of nothing because... Because then when you think of, like, the, just the blackness, that's something, you know? So, um, so I don't really, I, I don't know. I don't know how to even uh, get there. But I know this. Anything that you have ever made, you made it out of something. You went to Home Depot and bought the stuff, right? Uh, or uh, you, when you, you grew, when you were a kid, you got all the sand and, and, you know, you made a city, but you got this, you built it out of something. When you made Legos... You made this cool creation, but you made it out of something. Um, the only thing that you might have ever made out of nothing was an idea. Uh, it wasn't any, there was nothing, there was, it was not there, it was, and, but the neurons fired and, and, and you created an idea. But in order to give effect to that idea, whether it's a relational, even if it's a relational idea uh, or something philosophical, you got to have something. God created everything that there is out of nothing. And all the materials that you use in order to build your thing that you built or created, um, everything, all the material that you are, all the material that you have eaten or worn or driven in or swam in or whatever it is was created out of nothing, ex nihilo, uh, by the word of God. It is unbelievable to me to think of the fact that all of the... uh, Electrons and um, protons and the other ons are, are um, <laughs> that they were spoken into being then. The morons. <laughs> they are. Although those seem to be increasing in number. Um, yeah. Um, God is abundant. God is abundant. I, um, <laughs> and we're back. Um, uh, that um, the, they were spoken into being then. And that everything we have is, is in some sense, and I'm no scientist, but is in some sense a, a rehash, a recreation, a redistribution of what was spoken into being uh, in, that, in that time. Um, uh, the theologian Philip Carey, I'm going to read something from him in just a minute. And incidentally, this is a, a book that I would recommend to you. I'm not gonna, we're not going to... We're doing a lot of books lately, but I, um, this is, and I, I'm using this as a resource, and it's really accessible. I really like it. It's Philip Carey. It's just called the Nicene Creed. And if you're interested in following along, Lexham Press, um, the Nicene Creed. Very good. Um, he said that God, he makes the point that God is not made out of anything. But you and I are made out of skin and bone and, you know, dust and, 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 um, and all sorts of stuff that is, goes into make, making us. And, um, 
And yet, um, God is not made out of anything. He's, and therefore, he's not physical. He's not misty. Um, uh, Jesus, in fact, says he is spirit. He's speaking to the woman at the well. God is spirit, which means he is aphysical. Um, he is knowable. He is holy. He is intelligent. Uh, he is powerful, but he is not substantial in, a, in the sense that he's not made out of anything. Because everything that is was made by him. Um, that will be an interesting thing to encounter when we get there. Uh, there are um, two creation accounts, as you may know, Genesis chapter 1 and then Genesis chapter 2. And if you go there, I remember my, I took an uh, evolutionary biology class in college, and I remember very distinctly my professor reading from Genesis chapter 1 and, and calling... Um, religious people, non-scientific types, and saying, obviously, we have proven this whole book wrong. And one brave soul, bless her heart, I don't remember her name, she was a dear person, stood up and said, you're just, you're wrong about that. And good for her. And I sat back and was like doodling in my... um, (laughs) um, But I I do want you to notice, like, like, I don't know if you feel like you have to believe that it's six 24-hour periods or whatever. But I, I think that the first is much more like a, uh, and I've said this before, like an orchestral prelude. Like there's, it's, it's para, there's a lot, there's parallelism, there is um, uh, metaphor, there's, um, it, there's it's, it's artistic and beautiful and powerful. And uh, it's sort of like, you know, the beginning of Star Wars. Bah! You know, just, uh, just, just kind of comes out. But then we kind of settle down, you know, at the end of the, the, the Star Wars thing, then we kind of settle down to, uh, and, and this is kind of uh, Genesis chapter 2, where this is how it actually happened. I do think that if you look at the order of creation that is described in Genesis chapter 1, it actually, again, I'm no scientist, but it actually kind of adds up to what I understand evolutionary biology to state. So that first comes the sort of void and then there's the material things and then there's the water and then there's out of the in the water there's the things and then out of the water there's the things and then so it seems to me like it kind of adds actually adds up as long as you don't understand them as 24-hour periods but as long epochs of creation and it's you know four billion years of of, um, progress in that sense but uh, again I'm not trying to make a statement about that that is kind of how I understand it but but the earthy more earthy a version in in chapter two, I think, is less artistic and more sort of how it happened. Pardon me. It said northern tribes. What can you do? Yeah, northern tribes. So he said. Yeah. Okay. I um. I don't really understand what you're talking about, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's 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 just above my head. Um, okay. So he is the maker of heaven and earth. And I, I like that's just enough. I mean, like that. May, if he's the maker, he's the potter, and we're the clay. Like we, there's there's a lot of Bible verses uh, in the prophets to say the the pot doesn't get to say to its the potter, you shouldn't have made me this way. Uh, we 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 belong to him, uh, in that uh, very real sense, um, and yet he's our father. I just think there's this nuance and and beauty uh, there. Um, he is, we, we put a finer point on the maker of heaven and earth by saying of all things both visible and invisible, or all things seen and unseen. 
uh, the scriptures are very clear that there is a world that we cannot see. Now, a world beyond us. Uh, uh, it talks about powers and principalities. It talks about angels and demons. It talks about heaven and hell. And what this says is we're clear that whatever it is, God created it. Because there is nothing that is that was not created by God. Even the devil. So this is Philip Carey. So there is an answer to that other question children ask. Did God create the devil? The devil is indeed God's creation. In fact, God's good creation. Belonging on the list of all things that God has made. But he is a good thing that has been corrupted, spoiled, and ruined by his own misuse of the power of free will given to him when he was created. A good power that makes possible an intensity of love and joy beyond the capacity of lesser creatures, but which in its corrupted state is only the power to spread misery, wickedness, falsehood, and death. And I thought that was just a pretty incredible way to say that. That the devil was in fact given such intensity of love that when it bends in on itself, it is unbelievably the opposite. So that's uh, where we are. That is what we believe when we say we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. Um, We're committed. We don't just believe He exists. We belong to Him. And, uh, in fact, we want to shape our life according to His Word and His will. So next week, we're going to understand what we mean when we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. And we're not going to get all the way through it. Um, The next week after that, we'll talk about creation and incarnation, because, in fact, all things that were made, God is the, the Father, is the maker of Uh, all things, and yet all things were made through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks, January 28th. So next week is We Believe in One Lord Jesus Christ. Any, uh, we got about two minutes. Any uh, comments or questions or thoughts? Yeah, Josh. You know, you you went a totally different direction than I was expecting with the seen and unseen. I was thinking that, you know, it's evident that in 300 and whatever A.D., that they said it that way, you know, it's kind of, it's evidence that God was inspiring them because, you know, it counts for germs, molecules, atoms, like, mm. like science, you know, all the bits of, you know, understanding of the universe that we have now versus what they had then. That unseen part, I think, just covers all that. And yeah, there is a, that sort of, um, you know, micro uh, world as well that, is, right. yeah, they, yeah, they wouldn't have known about. Or, or even larger out in space, gamma radiation and, you know, whatever, out in... I bet you were fun as a kid, too. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, can I answer a question? Yeah, sure. In the same, the, mm-hmm. the next words are true God and true God, right? Yeah, down. that's down when describing the, uh, the nature of Christ, yeah. Because are you going... Okay, so you will get to the very God and... Oh, yes. Very God, okay, good, because... The distinction, why do you, you know, in one place you say, you know, some versions say true God, some gods say, some versions say very God. Yeah, that's just an English translation of the Greek, yeah. But, but yeah, we'll get there.
Yes, Richard. One of, the, one of the things that supports my thought of God creating everything is, is he created it with an order of everything. When he created matter, he created all the scientific laws of physics, chemistry, biology, and everything else. So I... I just see it in the natural order of things. Yes, the natural order of things in creation uh, through God's voice. And I think that, um, that when uh, humanity fell, that's when we created the, our need to understand it but, um, but, uh, and to see it. But yes, it was all put in together uh, from, from mitochondria to meteors. Yes, uh, pretty lady in the back. What was your name? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but just, I mean, just along that same thought, just, you know, when learning about science and about, you know, like the human body and everything that, like, I've specifically have done with physical therapy and stuff, like, I've learned, I, the way I reconcile it, too, is that it's not, it's not either or, like, you're not, like, have to believe in science or faith, like, God made science, you know, just like, and that as long as you know, like, that God is the one orchestrating it all, and the, the more you study it, the more you're like it points to the divine creator. You know that, that God absolutely, yeah, yeah, that created all these systems that work so beautifully and masterfully together. Um, and like I just remember my like, anatomy class being like just almost like like it's like a worshipful moment to like see how God did all of this. Like it's so amazing. Um, anyway, so just that, and that's how we explain to our kids when they're like learning about these things because I mean the world is teaching them different stuff. And yeah, they're, the world is teaching the perspective of, our, of my professor uh, who really hadn't thought things through or didn't willing to say that there are brilliant scientists that believe exactly. in the order of yeah you know, intelligent design. Yeah, and we know God was in charge of all of those things. Okay, so I'm going to give Susie the last word and I encourage everybody else with their hands up to speak to one another. Yes, Susie. We had the personal discussion about hell and I'm going, hell wasn't created by God. God only created goodness. But in essence, he created a, a place for those people to go that weren't aligned with what his word was. I don't... I don't, I don't know. I have a problem with that, him creating hell. Yeah, well, I think actually, so Susie said I have a problem with, with God creating hell, and, I, and I, I am sympathetic. I think C.S. Lewis does it so beautifully in The Great Divorce where hell is, like, would not even, is tinier than the speck on your, uh, on, on your, on your pinky finger because it, would, it, it cannot take up any space in all that God has created. Like there's this reduction, it is an incredible reduction. Um, but it's just an idea of C.S. Lewis, not in Scripture. But I, I don't, I, I get you. I, I get the you. The implications of God not creating hell and it being some, some The implication of not. Or even worse. Than well, <laughs> also, uh, also with you on that. All right, God bless you. Next week is uh, Jesus, and uh, hopefully you don't have to wait till him to, uh, wait till then to hear from him. All right? God bless you.